Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Waterlad podcast and I have a very special treat for you all today with the all-time goat lad joining us for the preview part of the show. But firstly, as always, we are joined by another goat lad contender who has recently been chatting to plenty of warriors every week on his own podcast, Surly Talk Sport. Welcome, Surly. Yeah, cheers. Look, I thought you were going to mention me in that first <laughs> sentence there. I thought, shit, he's rolled out the big intro, but I'll I'll take the rap anyway, mate. Appreciate it. You're definitely a contender, that's for sure. And, mate, you had uh, Reese Walsh on your podcast this week. How was that one? Yeah, that was awesome. I was quite nervous, to be fair. Just a young lad, but obviously massive raps on him. But, yeah, it was a great chat. A humble dude, um, someone who's, what, 19 years of old and Really does have the world at his feet, so exciting times for Warriors fans. He he said lots of great things that really had me fired up, and <laughs> three in a row, so it's a great time to be on board with the Waz. Oh, is it? Well, and I saw Reese Walsh on um, Swish, and man, I was tempted to get a video shout-out oh. from him. Oh, mate, that would be the all-time present. And there's plenty of NRL stars on Swish, including Sean Johnson, Nathan Cleary, pretty much anyone who's in the NRL you can go get a video shout-out from them. It's an awesome gift idea, and if you are listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off by just using the code WATERLAD, and a huge amount of the proceeds do go to Kiwis Kids Charities. It's all good stuff. Which NRL star would you get a shout-out from, Surly? I wouldn't mind Nathan Cleary, eh? the old Prince of Penrith. He's just signed for another five years this week, I think, so he'd be a pretty happy lad at the moment, and... Yeah, look, I'd love to have a shout-out from him. Maybe get the old man involved as well, reminisce on some Warriors days. What a duo. (laughs) Mate, couple of absolute lads. But anyway, we will get into the Super Rugby side of things. Quite a good tipping week from us both last weekend. Um, Banksy on as well. Obviously, he added his input. You went a little bit better than me because my heartstrings cost me, but no regrets in the end. Canes did have their chance in that game, but we'll get to that. First game we'll review... Um, Highlanders versus Moana, 37-17 to the Highlanders. Um, just a little bit too good. What would you make of that game? Yeah, I think I could hear the relief from up here. Eh? Landers fans breathing a big sigh. They finally got their first dub. Scored a try in the first three minutes or so, and I thought she was going to be all one-way traffic. I thought Moana kept in the fight well until half time, and then in the end, I think that Landers more was the difference. Eh? Three tries scored off it to the hookers, and then... A further two more off the back of Maul attack. Aaron Smith with the old poor man's Carlos Spencer through the legs. That was great to see. But, yeah, tough for Moana. I think the penalty count killed them again and just that short turnaround as well. But great to see the Landers come away with a win. Yeah, that Maul D is really costing Moana. That plus their discipline, like you say, they're under the pump in their own 22 a lot and they just can't defend a Maul and teams are just punishing them there. All the hookers are scoring plenty of tries against Moana, so um, look out for the Chiefs hooker this weekend. But I put the mockers on Shannon Frizzell, calling him to be my lad of the week and poor kid only lasts a couple of minutes before picking up a pretty serious injury. So um, sorry to you, Shannon. And you mentioned Darwai um, three minutes into the game. Unbelievably, six people picked him in my competition on the Woodlad Instagram page as the fastest try scorer of the round, and they all nailed it. So they all split the $100 voucher between them, but could not believe that six of them picked that. Darwai to score first. Unbelievable effort. Right, they're, they're a smart audience, the Waterlad listeners. They're not just your average run-of-the-mill blokes. They can pick them. So 
Good to see. <laughs> they sure can. And hopefully they stayed out of the Denny Solomona power play that I put up because he should have been paying five fifty to touch the ball. That was one of the hardest 30 minutes I've had to watch for a long time. The poor guy didn't even get to touch the ball. So, geez, that was disappointing. I knew they were going to win 13 plus. All we needed was Denny to fall over the line and the ball just did not come his way. Well, didn't Marty say he was getting paid per touch? So perhaps that got <laughs> back to the Highlanders HQ and the boys decided to save some fun. For the next court session, but yeah, tough night for Denny. Yeah, and I see they've put him at centre this weekend, so hopefully, plenty more touches. But the next game, we all got this one wrong. Force versus the Rebels. The Rebels out of nowhere. Mm. Hodgie kicking them from 50 metres. Toey's obviously had a word to them, but Force sneak home 22 21. Unreal game. Yeah, I think what, three cards again over the weekend? The Aussie team's really battling. Um, Nu'u, I think Marty Banks might have put the jinx on him. <laughs> Picked up a red card, managed to get a three-week ban as well, so he can blame Marty for that one. But they still managed to hold on for a win. I think the four-set piece really let them down, eh? They got killed at scrum time. And then penalty of their own, six minutes to go. Out in front, they took the shot. Interesting decision. We saw, of course, the Canes go the other way with it on the weekend. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I guess they were playing for another penalty to try win it at the end. But would have loved to have seen them kick it out. Maybe that's the difference between the Kiwi sides and the Aussie sides. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned that set piece. The Rebel set piece just absolutely dominated them. Even men down, um, they were still getting penalties from almost every scrum. So you're right, that definitely cost the force. The next game was the Chiefs versus the Blues. We we all thought the Blues were a bit of value here. Um, We all were picking them, but I personally didn't expect this sort of result. 25-0, unbelievable game from the Blues. Yeah, huge performance from them. And what considering they had 13 on the field for 20 minutes as well, made it even stronger. I think the Chiefs certainly had their opportunities. A couple of tries that they let slip through the cracks. That Takiaho one dropping it over the line. And then uh, yeah. Nanai Satoru's try as well. So the scoreline probably suggests it was a bit more one-sided. But thought the Blues were outstanding. That try Robinson scored for me. That's got to be up there with the try of the year off Bodie's crossfield and then Mark Talia. I know you're a big fan, but outstanding again and just a great shift overall from the Blues, really. Yeah, and I thought Bowden Barrett at 10 just ran an absolute muck there. He pulled the strings perfectly. Uh, Well-deserved lad of the week from almost everyone who voted. It was the most unanimous vote so far. Um, Well-deserved. He was just on fire there, eh? Yeah, he's adds such a massive spark to that team, and when he's firing... Geez, they're a tough side to beat, and this was a great example of it. Mm, the next game was the Drua versus the Brumbies. 12 to the Drua, 33 to the Brumbies. Brumbies 13-plus, we all picked, but um, same old for the Drua, eh? Yeah, I think this was a pretty average game, to be fair. Watched through the highlights, and it looked even that was a bit of a tough watch. The Brumbies, <laughs> they came away with the five points, so that puts them back on top, and I'm sure they'll be happy with that. But for the Drua... Just a bit of the same old, same old. Made plenty of nice breaks, but last pass was the killer. And then a few 50-50 offloads, that razzle that we love from them, it wasn't quite falling their way. So tough night for the draw boys, but hopefully they can bounce back soon, get a few dubs in the weeks to come. Yeah, and they're, they're still eyeing up this game against Moana, aren't they? This is, that's going to be one of the best games of the year. Oh, imagine the physicality and just the attacking displays from both teams. I can't wait. It's going to be tit for tat, and they're both going to be so up for it. It's going to be unreal. Mm. 
And to Tuesday night footy, how good is Tuesday night footy? Uh, Canes versus Moana, 53-12. to 12. The Canes were very, very clinical in this game. Moana were definitely struggling from so many back-to-back games, really starting to take its toll on them now. Their energy level just looked really low. TJ was having a field day off the quick taps and keeping the speed of the game up, and um, the Canes just really run amok that night, eh? Yeah, I saw he scored another try as well, which wouldn't have been much to the delight of old Marty. But yeah, I think the Canes, they would certainly fire it up and they got their redemption for that loss a couple of weeks back. Uh, 8-5 down after 30 minutes. I thought Moana were in with a chance, but then what two tries right before Oranges and then blew them away in the second half. I kept mentioning I wanted to see Rayasi out there. I think old Wes Houston stole the show, put in another solid shift and... Man, he's got to be putting his hand up. I know we've got so many quality wingers out there, but he's another in that bracket that wouldn't look out of place at that international level. And I think if he wasn't trying to make the All Blacks, he'd be in a team straight away. He was on fire in that game. I thankfully captained him in my fantasy rugby team, hoping that he'd be backing up again this week. He obviously scored 76 points or something, which is one of the biggest scores so far. And I was hoping against the Highlanders for maybe another 30 to first be the first player to crack the ton this year. But unfortunately, he's been left out this week and absolutely gutted, still gutted about that. So, um, But fair play to him. He played unreal, line breaks at will, scoring tries, uh, beating defenders, and he just doesn't miss a tackle. That's one thing about him. Eh? He just Every time you think he's beat, he'll just dive out of nowhere and, and wrap them around the legs. He's, he's a world-class player, and like you say, he definitely wouldn't look out of place for the All Blacks, but... I'd be very surprised if they went that way with him. But we have left one game out um, on purpose because, like I promised in the intro, we are joined by one of the GOAT lads in the world, one of the best rugby brains in world rugby, and he is the assistant coach of the Crusaders. It is the great Andrew Goodman. Thanks for joining us, Goody. Good to be in with you, lads. Talk a bit of code. Another big weekend of uh, footy coming up, so should be some awesome games. Mate, and we did save the last game of the round to review with you on because it was an absolute classic. The hand of God, he came back to bite the Canes again, took me back to the 2019 semi-final when Sam Whitelock deliberately slapped the ball out of TJ Pettinata's hands and the ref said play on. I've let that one go, but it was hard to watch the, <laughs> that final line out in the weekend. What did you make of the call? Oh, first of all, Wellington put on a beautiful day for us, Jimmy. You wouldn't, wouldn't believe it. Uh, not much wind up there at all and... That was a great day, probably the calmest day I've ever been up in Wellington. Um, yeah, I know about the line, the line out, mate. We would have stuck in our lanes, eh? The backs looked pretty ballsy to go up there, I thought, from the from the lads. So full respect for uh, going up and having a crack and yeah, getting it done for the for the team. Yeah, fair enough. What'd you make of the call? Were you did you want them to take the shot, or were you happy when they went for the uh, corner? What would you have preferred? It was an interesting one, eh? I kind of um, read Jace Holland's comments through the week and I thought a lot of it made sense. Eh? They're down there, that area of the field, um, obviously backed themselves to get, get into a five-meter line-out, which you know, in these days um, quite often results in a try or another penalty or you know, some hard attack on the line. So yeah, I thought it was a big play from them, but in listening and the conversations we've had, I didn't see anything wrong with it. On our point of thing, we... It's an area of our game that we back ourselves in. So um, while we were confident that we could defend it, it was, it was a pretty tense moment up in the box, as you can imagine. Yeah, mate, you were comfortable. As you guys haven't conceded a mall try for about three years, have you? 
Oh, I don't know what the what the real stats are on that, Jimmy. I, there's been a, been a couple though. Been a couple. Of the big boys have done well up there. So um, yeah, it was different though going up from them. It was it was a big big call from them, and uh, stoked that they pulled it off. Yeah, I just found it interesting because I felt like if the Canes took the shot there, and they probably become favourites in that golden point just because of the fact they've got Geordie Barrett on the field, who has the range of 65 metres. I know Havili can kick it from maybe 60, but um, he's probably kicking it about 10% from 60, where Geordie's probably around the 60 to 70% from there. So. Jeez, that's big, chat. I'm definitely <laughs> going to let uh, Davey make, make him listen to this, mate. I've just, just watched him kick about five in a row from 60. Mate, you told me he never hits him from 60. <laughs> no, don't, don't try and put me in it now, mate. You're deep into this. No editing either. Honestly, what do you reckon his percentage is from 60? He goes pretty, mate, I reckon the further he goes out, the percentage goes higher. Oh, true. (laughs) I take that that back. Sorry to Davey and his family. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Geordie's range from there, and then it becomes more of a 50-50 with the kickoff, whoever wins the toss, what part of the field you get in. Yeah, that toss is always an interesting one, eh? Um, As I said, it was a pretty calm day up in Wellington, so... Yeah, winning the toss and you know putting you either kick deep and put the team in um, in the corner and trying to apply match pressure to get a first attacking opportunity, um, the way a lot of teams see it. Or yeah, back yourself to re- regain the kickoff. I suppose some teams they've got guys that are good early um, to get that ball back potentially as well. What would the Crusaders have done in that position? You think? Yeah, again, it's probably a bit um, situational, way, Jim. How your line out's been going? Have you had success with your drive? Um, a few little different factors like that would come in. Um, if if you'd scored two or three more tries in the game, or your mall had been going pretty well, you probably would in that position back yourself to have a crack at the win. Um, where, you're, where you're sitting in the season on the table and all that stuff probably applies as well. Well, uh, the Hurricanes probably thought, "Look, boys, let's let's throw a little in here and go for the win." So again, I understand why they took that option in the moment fair enough well good to get that off my chest but how's it how's the season changed with the knockout quarterfinals uh, situation in place because obviously it changes the whole dynamic of the competition you only have to finish eighth to have a chance yeah it's a bit of a weird one eh? eight eight teams out of a 12 team competition going through to the uh through to the playoffs but it's just the way it is and um as you know for get yourself in the top eight and you're building your form uh, closer to those finals periods eh? like all you need to do is get in that top eight and you've got the chance whether you're in Aussie or New Zealand it's not a big travel factor anymore don't think that will come too much into it as much as you want to be home but yeah I'm sure a couple of the teams are sitting in and around that eighth ninth position are still pretty confident that if they keep building their game they're going to be in a real chance come the business end of the season. Yeah, and I think the Highlanders game a couple of weeks ago was a good example of that. Eh? They're probably going to finish around that eighth place. You guys are likely to finish top, so that's an example of the potential first versus eighth game and how close that one was. That one could potentially could have gone either way that night as well. Yeah, as you say, all these New Zealand games, if you've got any New Zealand teams in the quarter or, no, as I said, the Aussie teams as well, it's going to be good to find out the gauge around where those um, games are going to be going over the next few weeks and... Um, who comes out as the stronger teams over over that side of the Tasman? Hundred mm, percent. Oh, very good to get the insight from one of the games. Great, but we do want to go into the preview, and we do have one of the best games of the season potentially so far: Crusaders versus the Blues. What are you picking here, Surly? We'll give Goody a rest. 
Yeah, look, this, this could be controversial, obviously, with the guests that, that we have at the moment. But look, I'm a proud, not, are you? proud Auckland oh, man. And, and last week was enough to convince me. Obviously, a massive task at hand going down there and coming away with the win. And of course, full credit to the Crusaders. They're always the competition front runners. But yeah, my saying is the Auckland Blues will not lose. And i got to back that in again this week. So Wow, that's a huge call. Jeez, I hope Davey doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Goody, well, you're obviously picking the Crusaders. How do you think the game's going to play out? Yeah, is it? looking forward to it, mate. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Um, hoping that, again, we get a good crowd in down here in Christchurch. It's been nice weather the last couple of days, so hopefully it carries on. But uh, it's just, I suppose, when you look through the history of Super Rugby, that the Blues Crusaders games have always been uh, ones that have really stood out. So, um, you know, there's a long history there. The Blues have always playing some really good footy, building the game really nicely. And uh, yeah, some great matchups when you look through the teams, eh? So, yes, I can't see it um, being any different from the last couple of weeks, being a real uh, ding dong battle, close game. And uh, yeah, as I said, the boys have really uh, built through the week well. and can't wait to get amongst it. You've convinced me Crusaders by 12 and under for me, I think. That's not what you were saying before. (laughs) (laughs) Typical Jimmy, mate. Davey Harvilly, man of the match. (laughs) (laughs) Things one from 70. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your highlighted player though, Surly? I've just gone the Moanga-Barrett matchup. Obviously, there's plenty of good ones around the park, but this one's probably the headliner, I'm sure. And I just think whoever... Comes out the best out of that. It goes a long way to the result of this game. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two go at it. It's always a good clash. This one shouldn't be any different. Yeah. Goody, who, who's going to stand out for you? Who's your who's your pick? Um, who's my pick? One of those many All Blacks in your quality side. <laughs> um, no, another good night for Young Lester to step in and have a have a good game. He had it off the uh, off the pine last week, and he's back into the starting team. So uh, he's been really dynamic for us and up against his good mate Mumba. So I'm sure there'll be some good uh, banter, both those boys playing really good footy, um, thick as these off the off the field, as you know, Jimmy. So I'm sure that will be a great matchup to watch um, in, in tomorrow night's game. Yeah, mate, how good has Leicester been? Even off the bench in the weekend, he was unreal, the impact he brought to that game. And hard to see him not making this all-black squad in June, do you think? Yeah, he's def- definitely putting himself in the frame. Um, as you look through the comp, hey, there's so much competition through all those uh, midfield and outside backs, man. Wouldn't want to be picking that, eh? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's right through all the Kiwi teams, a lot of guys are putting their hands up. So, again, it comes back to building your game and performing at the business end of the season is yeah. where those all-black jerseys are often decided. Yeah, fair point, but... If you're picking it right now, he's probably my first outside back pick. He's on absolute fire. Love him watching him play. Person I've highlighted is Ethan Blackadder. This guy just never has a bad game. He is an absolute workhorse. Scored a cracking try last week um, and just consistently moving bodies and working his way around the field. He is a beast, eh? What do you make of him, Goody? Oh, you know, mate. You know, I've got a soft spot for big Ethan. Uh, the boys love him. As you, as you said, you've highlighted all the key attributes of the man. Just loves going about his work, loves doing all that uh, stuff that you didn't like to use to do, the shifting bodies and <laughs> collisions. Uh, yeah, I, as I said again, it's going to be an awesome matchup. Eh? Like, uh, both teams have got strong loose forward trios out tomorrow, um, some real form players. So, mm. 
and that's why the game's so intriguing and I think everyone's looking forward to it. Oh, love it. Okay, the next game is the Reds versus the Rebels. How much of the Aussie stuff have you been watching? Just started chipping away. Rebels is our first game in the Super Round next week, so um, yeah, started chipping away, looking at a little bit of the Rebels uh, in terms of our scout and preview for them, but yeah, not not a hell of a lot on the TV, to be honest, Jim. It's been, uh, as you know, heads down watching the game ahead for, for us at the moment, and then in between times, a bit of Coco Melon or Paw Patrol with the boys. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've started to lock in. Um, now there's they're playing there's some good footy over there, obviously as well. You've been watching a little bit more and different style, and they run some there's some nice attack going on, eh? Some different little shapes. Um, just watching the, a couple of the Rebels games last night, just a reminder on the way they use their backs well on the swings and the roving lines and different little things like that. Yeah, like it. And Surly, you'll probably be able to give a bit more insight. You watch every Aussie game that's on. Um, what do you make of this game? Bit of a code here today. No Cocomelon going on in the house, so plenty of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be backing the Reds. I have been impressed with the Rebels. They've, I think they've improved their game quite a bit over the past few weeks, but I think the Reds will be too big of a step up, so I'd have to back them to be too strong. Yeah, I agree. I think the Reds are the best team in Aussie, to be fair. I'm picking them 13+, plus and this is my banker of the week, uh, Reds, to win this one. Like you say, Rebels have been building quite nicely, slowly getting better, but I think the Reds are a class above. Next game, Chiefs versus Moana. I'm picking the Chiefs 13+. plus. Moana looked very, very tired on Tuesday night, um, really testing the depth of their squad and the fitness of their squad, I guess. I mean, it's hard work playing one Kiwi team every week, let alone having to get three games in a week. So um, very tough draw for them. Uh, what do you make of this game, Goody? Yeah, as you said, mate, man, what a what a run they've had of games, eh? That, that draw's been pretty brutal uh, for them, um, especially for a, a new team coming into the competition. So um, as you said, I think they've some, put some really good patches of rugby together in games. But um, yeah, I think the Chiefs will be too strong in this one. Um, Made a few changes to Chiefs, but still a really strong um, 23 they've named and some exciting players that have been yeah on fire for them through the season, eh? Surely. Yeah, I've, I'll have to back that in as well for the Chiefs. I think, what, three games in eight days? Pretty brutal. I also noticed that uh, kids go free night, so if you're oh. a tight ass living in Hamilton, you want to take the kids out for a bit of a night, great opportunity to go along to the footy. So huge. Hopefully they get a good crowd. Be great to see FMG Stadium packed. It's almost worth flying the kids up. Oh, huge! What a dad. <laughs> the player I've highlighted is Luke Jacobson. I feel like that he's such a good footballer. He's been under a little bit of pressure to be in the starting fifteen with Peter Gasso, Cooler, Sam Kane, and that playing so well. But man, he is a quality footballer. He gets his opportunity in this game to really put his hand up for that spot. Who have you highlighted, Surly? I've gone with Poi Hippie, the twelve. Um, Obviously, Anton's out for a little while now, so he gets a crack, and if he can put in a good shift, he might put his hand up for a few more minutes. Young talent, so I'm excited to see how he goes with a good start alongside Nankerville. Anyone stand out for you, Goody? Well, I've mentioned Nankerville. I think he's been playing some good good footy this year, eh? consistently well at uh, super level, so that's been uh, awesome to see him. He's been shifted around a little bit, midfield and wing, but um, I think he's been contributing really well to that team each week. He's had an opportunity. Is he in the all-black frame? Yeah, I heard a little whisper the other day. I've seen it might have been in an article or radio. Who his name thrown amongst it? Um, yeah, yeah. He's been he's been dynamic. Eh? He's on attack. He's been creating. He's, you know, he's, he's 
deceptively strong through that contact area. He drops his hips well through contact and keeps the ball alive. So, you know, think he put his name in there for sure. Jeez, and if he gets named, well, then you need to put the boots on and start playing for Tassie because they're going to be that short. <laughs> oh, might have a five minutes, mate, in, in one of those storm weeks, maybe. <laughs> Okay, and the next game, Highlanders versus the Canes. This is going to be a beauty. Just saw the lineups before. Obviously, gutted Goosen isn't named, but I'm picking, as always, the Canes to bring this one home. One to twelve, though. Um, I think it is going to be a pretty close one. What are you picking, Surly? Shit, that selection of yours has really rattled me. Eh? I didn't expect that from you. What's that? <laughs> Nine weeks in a row now. So, so great to see. Uh, Marty Banks is fiftieth. So, looking forward to that. I think he came on last week. The coaches were obviously listening, and they've given him the start in the ten. So, great to see. A few changes for the Canes in the backline as well. I see Sullivan gets the start again, which is great to see, and Ray Arce on the wing, so excited to see Morby play again as well, I thought he was really good last week, some great touches, so yeah, I'll probably go the Canes 1-12, to apologies to Banksy, uh, be fizzed if they got the upset to honour the big occasion, but I think the Canes will be too strong. Yeah, Clark Dermody is a big listener of the podcast, so he was listening to this and he did hear Banksy's request to give him a start against the Canes, against his old foe for his 50th game, so fair play, Clark Dermody. What are you picking, Goody? Yeah, I'm going to go against you boys here. I'm going to pick the Southern boys. Um, you hate the Canes. Oh, I had five years down the needle, mate, so I've <laughs> bit of scarf for you and me. <laughs> Good mate, Chow and Dumo down there, so I'm um, hoping they can get another W and, uh, yeah, get the job done and put themselves in a good part of that table again, keep them, keep them hungry and keep them alive. Player I've highlighted is Denny Solomona playing at 13. Like I mentioned in the preview, didn't touch the ball once last weekend, which was a super tough watch on the wing. He moves into 13. Um, big, strong, physical man. Only interesting thing is going to be his fitness, whether he can keep up with the fast game and play 80 minutes, which he might not have to. But um, if he gets into this game and starts carrying the ball and getting his body in front of people, he's going to be having a big impact on this game. Who are you looking for a big game in this one, Goody? Yeah, I'm going to actually just tag on the back of you. I'm looking forward to seeing Denny um, have a good game. Obviously, with my Samoan hat on now, he's um, someone we're talking about a lot as a potential for our squad moving forward. So it'd be awesome to see him get a um, solid game in and um, hopefully kick his season right on, eh? get a good start and secure down a starting jersey for the Highlanders. Like it. Last game of the week, Force versus the Tars. I'm picking the Tars 1-12 to in this one. I think that's not a bad shout. Um, Force... Always gritty. Tars can't put anyone away, but I think they'll be too good for the force, especially at set-piece time. Thoughts, Surly? Yeah, I'll, I'll back you in there. I think they'll be too strong. Uh, like you mentioned, the force always stay in the fight, but just not quite enough to get over the line. Good to see Pulu in the mix and also Kahui, the old fine wine. He's back on the bench, so he's a big addition for them, but I think the Tars will be too good. Another big shift from old Michael Hooper, no doubt. Goody, who are you picking? Oh, again, I'm going to have to go against you boys here. The force at home, obviously the younger bro who's over there involved with them. I see it's, uh, I think, Godwin, is it? It's his 100th game for the force this week. So they'll get right up for him and uh, they'll get a W, 1-12 to 12 to the force. Oh, fair enough. Goodwin and Goodman combination will be strong. <laughs> Player I've highlighted is Tony Pulu. Good to see him return <laughs> for the force. Um, playing outside, mighty Goodwin. Um, I think he'll get a fair bit of ball. Mataeli, I highlighted last week, still consistently um, playing good footy and good to have his other Kiwi made on the other wing this week, Tony Pulu, who's electric, explosive, 
um, give him some open open space and watch him go. Who have you gone, Surly? I've gone the Waratahs 12. I think I mentioned him a few times, but still impressing me, old Fakiti. I think he's a real talent. Mm. Uh, great on attack, uncompromising on D, so he's my one to watch. Fair enough. What a round, what a round of super rugby we have. On my fantasy rugby, had a par round last week, 287 points, which kept me about same spot on the table. This week, I started the week captaining Wes Goosen. Absolute flying start, 78 points, one of the highest scores so far. But unfortunately, he's not backing up, so I'm not going to get a double point play. But it could have been one of the biggest plays ever in fantasy rugby. I also put James O'Reilly in my squad, thinking he would be scoring more, more tries for fun on Tuesday. Poor kid pulls out in the warm-up, so unfortunately he didn't get on, and the Canes end up scoring four more tries, which would have been him. So absolute heartbreak there, but um, I think I'll be all right this week. What's the lads' predictions for lad of the week? Goody, start with you. You've got the best insight. Most people will be watching the Blues Crusaders game, so I think Lad of the Week's going to come from this game. And I mean, you've just watched Captain's Run. Havili's been kicking them from everywhere. Who's the Lad of the Week going to be? Lad of the Week. I'm going to go for one of the type five boys. Um, who am I going to pick here? It's going to be one up front, I think, Jimmy. So I reckon a big game from, from Skip Scooter Barrett. He's going to be my Lad of the Week this week. Oh. He's going to go right to work and uh, put a good shift in. He is a lad too. Nice. Surly? Yeah, I'm going to back the older brother oh, on the other side. Jesus. I'm going to go with Bodie. Of course, for my for my Blues <laughs> prediction to come off, I'm going to need old Bodes to be back out there running a muck as per usual. So he'll bring the razzle again. Maybe another crossfield kick for a beautiful try in the corner. Got those covered off, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to go Geordie now after those two Barrett predictions. Yeah, but gonna have to. I'm actually going to go is Richie Mwanga. I'm going against you, Surly. I love Bowden Barrett, but I think Richie Mwanga's time to step up. He's the mastermind behind the whole Crusaders pack, and if Goody's boys do their job up front with Scooter Barrett doing their job, I think the benefactor will be Richie Mwanga, who will be pitting on a clinic. And it is voted by people's opinions, so I don't think too many people will care who's shifting bodies at the ruck. They'll be looking <laughs> for the try assist and, the, and the, um, the big plays, which was always Richie Mwanga. So he's my pick. Um, Bodie cleaned up last week, so I think it's Richie's turn to step up. Anyway, lads, appreciate your time on coming on the Super Rugby preview. Cheers for the insight, Goody. Good luck tonight. No, I appreciate that, Jim. Looking forward to a good one. And Surly, thanks for coming on as always, giving up your time and um, sharing your insight. No worries. Up the Blues and up the Warriors. Yes, boy. <laughs> oh, the double. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> what a lad, what a lad, what a lad.